Nogales in an hour and a half. Don't worry. Hello, Mr. Morris. Oh, I'd like you to meet an old CB buddy of mine. Sam Blue. Get him fixed up with a good load. What kind of rig you got? Hey, this man you don't question. He can rebuild a triplex transmission at midnight in January in Alaska while adjusting the clutch with his feet. And all the while in his sleep. You want to be my agent? The trick is not to have to rebuild that transmission, isn't it? Well, it happens. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies, where we talk about the Indian genre films you've never heard of, the ones you can't hear enough about, and the ones you never want to hear about again. My name is Nathaniel Muir, and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host who still doesn't know about Olivia Rodrigo, but he can talk about Tom Cruise. <laughs> what a what a what a way to like age myself and show who I'm, what I'm really about. <laughs> I'm Blake. <laughs> I'm Blake. I still don't really know who Olivia Rodrigo is. I would say maybe the Olivia Rodrigo part. I agree because I, I also do not know who she is, but but Tom Cruise is timeless. Oh man, <laughs> who knew we could talk week. so much? Yeah, who knew? Who knew we had uh, like ten whole minutes of banter about one Tom Cruise? And, and it was the uh, on listening back to it, it was neither good nor nor bad. It was just uh, an actual, just kind of like very mundane conversation <laughs> about Tom Cruise. And the funny thing is, we kind of cut it like just like okay, we gotta talk about other stuff. Like yeah. we probably could have dedicated the whole show and not about a particular. We could have just talked about Tom oh, Cruise true. and his effect on our lives. You know what? We should do a whole month where we're watching Scientology docs and um, Tom Cruise movies all in the same month, and we'll just that'll be that'll be pretty cool, especially the Scientology part. And the hard part would be the Tom Cruise like what, are what, do, you, small, what do you pick? I guess Days of Thunder and Days of <laughs> Thunder yeah. stuck from there. <laughs> yeah, outsiders. Danny is not with us this week, but um, we're giving a giveaway because we have a giveaway going on because we're on our way to twenty five thousand downloads. He's going to be donating a piece of horror art done by him, original work of art. Mm-hmm. Blake is uh, tossed in a shirt from Public Brewhouse 28. Is that correct? Public House 28 Brewery. It's all good, buddy. Oh, gosh. Uh, I actually got this shirt yesterday. It's a, uh, it's a lo- size large. It's a long sleeve. So there you go. Sweet. That's perfect. And uh, I will be documenting. I will be documenting. I'll be, do- I'll be adding a couple of uh, horror movies in there. I'm going to put in uh, Ghost Riders, which is a remake of an 80s horror movie. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and uh, American Werewolf in London will be nice. uh, along with some other goodies that will be in there. Maybe some like Giallo and Japanese horror or something. But th- there'll be some horror movies in there for you. Yeah, I'm going to enter. Yeah, yeah you, you're you're going to automatically win too. <laughs> <laughs> So we uh, kind of talked about some classics of horror. One of the icons of horror, when we talked about him very briefly last week, was uh, David Cronenberg. We mentioned that he would have something coming to Cannes. Um, they actually released a documentary for his world premiere movie for Crimes of the Future. What wow. did you think of this trailer? Didn't know it was out, so you just told me. And so through a quick watch up, dude, I'm super excited. It looks, uh, it, it, it's got a real old school practical effect vibe. Um, very obviously leaning back into um, like sci-fi body horror, like ears where ears shouldn't be. Like, dude, I'm excited. <laughs> Mouths and eyes sewn shut. Yeah, um, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart, uh, Lisa Doe from uh, yep. Blue is the Warmest Color, uh, Viggo Mortensen, and Viggo and yeah. Cronenberg uh, with when with Cronenberg's more grounded works have done some. Gr- I love Eastern Promises. Oh, naked, uh, naked tattoo fight. <laughs> well, there you go. What more can you ask for? Um, 
Did you get an idea of what the movie is about through the trailer? Uh, I mean, it's almost got, uh, I mean, I hate to, I don't want to just compare it to something he's already done, but it's got like a sexual electronic, maybe like um, body modification. Crimes of the Future seems to me just in the title that um, we're talking about like things like people go are starting to go way overboard with the the mods that they're putting into their bodies and and what they're doing and they're it looks like they're in these like capsules these like it almost looks geigery uh, like hr geiger kind of like style yes. pod ish vibes um with like home home pod it looks like there was like at home pod i don't know <laughs> i don't know it looks i don't know it's got like yeah it's like and then kristen stewart seemed to be getting off on the jabbing her eye uh electronics into somebody so i don't know looks cool well, body modifications and sex are two things that cronenberg spent the early yeah. part of his career focused yeah. on like yeah. <laughs> this is what cronenberg is all about so the trailer is uh it has a lot going on and it's kind of hard to get a feel for it. but here's what this is off the what neon says that it's about uh so the human species is adapting to, to a synthetic environment the body is going undergoing transformations and mutations which kind of goes to what you were saying okay uh sal tensor that's vigo he's a celebrity performance artist and he publicly oh. showcases the metamorphosis of his organs and avant-garde performances. <laughs> Tim Lynn, that's Kristen Stewart. She's a part of the National Organ Registry. She's an investigator. So she's been, this kind of goes to what you're saying about how she's getting out. She's obsessively tracking him. Oh, cool. uh, okay. And his partner, who's Caprice, that's Leia Sidhu. And basically what they are trying to do, Sal and uh, Caprice, they're trying to use their art to show the world what the next a phase in human evolution is wow. that's still pretty vague but it sounds awesome yeah no but like feed it to me feed me all that stuff feed me more of it when is this coming out uh june right around the corner okay oh, i'm excited hell yeah no we uh, man when was the last time he even came out with a movie gosh was it that one about the hollywood maps oh damn that, was it like, that thing oh, yeah and that was like what 14 years ago, 15 years ago or something wow it's wow. been a while and it's, it's and, been a minute and and if you think body horror it's been even longer oh yeah no like you said he, he went like not that crash wasn't some way body horror but like yeah, yeah. he he kind of went a he kind of went a different way with it for a good long time and not to say he was bad at that but man i love i love his original style and this man i just yeah he can you imagine what's been stewing in his brain for the last like 25 years about this kind of weird stuff I think it's going to be like William Burroughs levels of like acid trips. As well. <laughs> okay. well, also, um, I'm sure there's a little bit of a friendly rivalry between him and his son because his son, oh. I mean, antiviral and possessor are just doing great. Um, yeah. <laughs> those are some really good movies, especially yeah. if you're a fan of horror and body horror. I mean, yeah, truly. He's, he's picked up the mantle. So maybe it's kind of a whole, let me show you what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't lost it yet. Um, yeah, there was some shit talk over Canadian christmas or thanksgiving or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. which is held in april for some reason yeah. that's actually good. okay yeah perfect. <laughs> I, I actually don't know that I'm just... <laughs> actually crimes of the future does come out in june but uh, i think okay. the world premiere is either whenever it can i think that's next month actually world premiere which we're not gonna see <laughs> for our purposes it comes out in june so maybe a special edition i would cool. love to do that yeah <laughs> This week, we're going to travel all the way to Romania 
for an animated <laughs> film from 1984 called Delta Space, Space Mission. Uh, it's the story of an artificial, well, a computerized brain that develops, for lack of a better term, a crush on uh, an mm. alien. And, well, he begins to go after her. Um, <laughs> I kind of feel a little bit bad because this week we have a cartoon and Danny loves cartoons. Sure. Last week we we talked a pretty good amount about video games and whether it makes <laughs> sense or not, he will cram a video game <laughs> comparison into the show. So two weeks and we actually could have had a conversation with him on these things. And Yeah, well, sorry, Danny. Well, that's all right. We'll make up for it somehow. So, uh, one of the themes we've had this month, and I kind of like how we have these uh, these themes, they just un- unintentionally, um, we mm-hmm. have themes of simplicity. This story, oh. very simple. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. straight to the point. Yeah, that's one of the, the, one of the few be- beauties <laughs> of the story is just, yeah, it's, it's very bare bones. And yeah, I, I did, it took me places I didn't expect, though, for a movie called uh, Deep Delta Space Mission. You know, and they're like, I don't know, there, there wasn't really a mission. They were just kind of running for their lives. <laughs> no, they, it was, um, it's funny because uh, it's uh, it's stated in there that it's kind of a throwback to Hanna-Barbera cartoon. It specifically mentioned Herculoids. It, this plays out very much like an episodic and not like a full 30 minute. This plays out like a six or seven minute series of episodes. Like mm-hmm. it's fast. It's really fast. Like this isn't about the story. It's all about looking at the animation yeah truly and i mean it's bombarding you with new imagery like constantly like i i was actually kind of tripping out about it because i was like i had no idea when it was made so like while i was watching it i looked it up i was like holy cow and like the a lot of the like the design behind it like you could you'll ne- you never knew what you were gonna see next like they were mismatching like really hard edge like almost like paper airplane looking spaceships with like really round like almost like anthropomorphic looking stuff it was really different to behold it was it was like at a glance if you're just walking through a room or you see a picture of it you would think like wow that would fit totally in the after school lineup of like 1987 yeah, then, C- like C-Lab, maybe, kind of. Uh, yeah, like, of... right after G.I. Joe and before Transformers, like, right. this, like fit in. Um, what I liked about this, and uh, one of the things I liked about it was, um, so those cartoons, and He-Man I always think about, is they reuse shots constantly. Oh, yeah. Like, this, there, there's a couple, especially as it goes yeah. on, but for the most part, I think you said it, there's a lot of new stuff going on. It's They don't reuse shots very often in this no, and like I, I, I immediately wanted to ask you, um, what, did did it become almost like overwhelming to you at some point in time? Because like it kind of did for me. Like I, I actually this movie is not a long movie; it's like an hour long or whatever. I, I actually kind of took a break from it for like because the beginning is like it's all this like smash smash cut like kind of escape kind of scene stuff. And it was coming like so hard and fast and so weirdly with like weird painted backgrounds. But yeah, I almost thought it was too much. I I was definitely wondering your opinion on that. You know what I would equate it to? And I know they're completely different, but I know you've seen that uh, Belladonna of Sadness. Mm -hmm. But it's Mm -hmm. very similar to that where it's, um, I don't want to say it's random, but it's surreal. Like, yeah, very much like 
it, psychedelic. I mean, there was like a psychedelic quality to it for sure. Very much so. Like um, the story, it's it's very the story is very much like uh, the evil or not even this. AI intelligence, and this is from 1984, so like we're just gonna yeah. spoil it. Like, oh, yeah. it basically falls in love with a woman, and uh, it finds out that it can't feel human emotions. That's the extent of the story. That's it. Right. Like everything that happens in between is just all these colors and scenes, and there's different shots. The thing that that was a little like like you mentioned overwhelming are um, so they have all these um, like colors flying at you, but then they do like uh, they go through winding corridors or she's a reporter the alien there's all these circular shots like her going in circles and you see her camera work kind of like panning views of it and I I liked it I thought it was really really cool but it was also kind of like wow this is a lot going on for this 1980s cartoon oh yeah and it was such a it was almost like such a contrast from like one thing to the next like like I said like the some of the ships are like super plain generic kind of looking sci-fi ships that like you could literally have seen like a high school kid drawing you know in high school like or whatever as like a it's just farting off and then like in the back is like this incredibly intricate like hand-painted thing and like yeah it was it was such a it was such a i don't know man it was a trip it was a trip i i, I think that it really added i mean it's it really was what the, the movie became it had, like you said, had very little to this to do with the story. It was just bombarding you with image after image after image. Mm, yeah, I don't know if it was like my cup of tea for all of it, but definitely striking. Very much so. And the reason why I think we're saying so much about the animation and so little about the story is because the animation was where it was all at. Like, oh yeah, one of the things that I really appreciate about the animation, and it's not so much an issue in today's animation, but definitely animation of that time. Like movements were very stiff, like yeah. they looked kind of weird. They flowed very smoothly. <laughs> it was oh. really well. Yeah, it almost looked like the what do you because it's like rotoscoped or whatever, where it's like literally done off somebody's movement. Like it did have that quality to it, and it and it, it also like that's what it was just one of the really striking things about it was like the movement tied in with the imagery in like a really weird way because you didn't expect it to be that smooth with what with all that you were seeing you know and there's like this i mean let's talk about the weird dog frog tin that <laughs> that, that is that really if you're going to tell me who the main character was it was tin bro it was tin tin because they they have a, a section in the middle that's completely dedicated to him <laughs> and his adventure um and that part to me was actually the weakest part of everything yeah. like i didn't really it was kind of i don't know a little too cutesy a little too corny but it was like nothing was happening at least the rest of it was you know they're fighting different monsters they're flying through space there's there's laser fights but this is just a little dog frog playing with the weird Loch Ness thing (laughs) yeah I hated it I hated it I was like what are these weird seal things and like why are they just like having this like trip out tripped out like like water park event with the tin let tin get back to business man he's got a lot more metal to chew through yeah, and when he would chew through metal, it was cool. And then, like, they do that, like, the whole Laura Croft esque <laughs> scene where he's chewing through rock and you it's shot from behind. So you're just looking at his butt. Kind of, <laughs> I don't want to see Tin's butt. Like, yeah. You know what? Another thing I noticed about this movie was, was uh, I'm pretty sure there was only like two voice actors on the entire. Oh, thing. yeah. No, I, I, and yeah, it was, 
obviously a bare bones crew. I, I'm looking at the page right now, and there's only four credits to the entire thing. So yeah, it, it. I don't know. the The acting was really weird. I mean, again, this isn't a completely different language, and it's supposed to be in the year thirty eighty four. So maybe things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it was the, the delivery of, of the lines or maybe the trans, lost in translation for the subtitles and stuff. Like, it was really weird. And, you know, this was a movie like, I mean, it's not like we're really talking bad about it, but it, like it had this, it, it was almost like hard to, hard to deal with. <laughs> the whole time I was watching it, I was like, man, it's like the line delivery is really strange. I'm having to play really close attention to, to what they're saying to kind of grasp what like what the because i thought i actually thought there was going to be some kind of deeper level thing maybe towards the end there's totally not no there is at the most surface level yeah like the narrator i couldn't tell because there is a narrator but uh i didn't know when the narrator was speaking because he sounded like the narrator sounded like two of the characters dan the captain and the other exactly and yoshiro yoshiro yeah no I was getting it all mixed up and it was a little bit choppy. And I think this, I, I know it was restored, but it was, it was just a little bit choppy at times when it ended though. I will say that cause it is short. Like this oh, yeah. is something you can't go very long with. And no. our, for some people, it probably did go too long, but when it ended, um, I was like, yeah, you know, that was a cool little story. Like I, I wish it were broken up into a little, something like on, I don't know, uh, adult, uh, adult swim or something, but um, it, I was fine with it uh yeah no uh, the yeah i had no problem with how it ended uh, i was glad to see it end the way it did <laughs> um <laughs> but uh, i don't know if you noticed um uh, sorry danny there's another video game reference for you buddy the there is at the very end the very last line spoken by the narrator um speaks about how they want to grow up in a world with a with a no man's sky I don't oh, know. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, like, I'm wondering if that is uh, where the uh, where the video game got it because it's very much about like space exploring, being adventurous, and finding all sorts of wacky animals on other planets. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Delta Space Mission was an inspiration for old No Man's Sky. Possibly because I think you could say that there's similarities in the yeah. like the color and stuff like that. That's a really good point because I did notice it. But uh, I, I remember seeing it, yeah. I was like, oh, I like the video game. But I, I kind of just yeah. blew it off. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too deep. <laughs> so uh, Delta Space Mission, it's Delta out Space. on uh, video on demand right now. Uh, see or no see? Wow. I don't know. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, sure. Check it out. I mean, this is a really weird movie. And it, it, if you are a fan of like, of animation and kind of seeing where how things have come and come along i think this is a super unique movie as far as animation goes so yeah check it out yeah it's definitely unique for for animation um if you're a fan of animation like definitely especially of like cartoons from the 80s and stuff like that if you're a fan of animation and you think like pixar and disney and this is absolutely not for you (laughs) very niche audience (laughs) for this movie This week is the final week of Trucksploitation Month. Next week is April still, but we have something special planned for next week. But we're bookending Trucksploitation Month with Moonfire. It's a 1970 movie uh, whose poster says it all. Man and machine race to save a secret spaceship. 
an adventure that explodes before your very eyes. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is a, I would say a pretty good bookend uh, truck stop women. I mean, we started with that. Oh. I think this is a great ending to truck exploitation month. Oh, dude. Uh, okay. Let's just cut to the chase. I don't think I've ever seen a movie more devoted to trucking and trucking related things than Moonfire here. <laughs> I'm so glad that you said that. Because I was going to say that, like, during Truck Stop Women, we talked about, yeah, they're authentic to the culture. They don't make fun of the people. Like, <laughs> they seem to almost be, like, like putting them on a pedestal. This movie is probably the most authentic trucking movie ever. Like, authentic and good are two different things. Keep that in mind. Correct. <laughs> like, Correct. Like, this movie is so authentic that it's, they were using lingo that was oh, obviously, had... it, was, it was like, what are you talking about? I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea what they were talking about. Like, I'm not a trucker. I don't know anybody who's a trucker. <laughs> like, I, I don't live in a trucking hub. I don't know what you're talking about. You lost me. Yeah. Okay. So I think I have a reason as to why this is. Okay. So our, our director, I did, you know, I did a little research. <laughs> so always good. Always, always doing good to do a little. So Mr. Michael Parkhurst, director of this year, Phil, no longer with us. Died in 2014. So sorry. He has like a, over a hundred credits in the film industry as, really? uh, yes, as a technical advisor and equipment supplier, which equipment supplier, I think means he was a truck driver. He was big trucking uh, for Hollywood for many, go. many years. He's involved in tons of like road movies. Like, oh man, if this, if there was a road movie, this guy had his fingerprints on it somewhere. So not only was there like true authentic trucker link like this is obviously coming from the soul of somebody who just is all about the life you know what i believe that i believe it you know i did a little research on this also uh, <laughs> it required uh, it did did you across your did you come across the fact that ed bagley jr actually worked on this as an assistant uh cameraman no, I did not. Yes, he was on this. I, I, I actually found that out. But what I was, because we talked about how truck stop women seem to precede like the big trucking boom. So uh -huh. this one, I was like, did this come out before all of that? Because they don't use the CB that much. But there is no like, super authenticity. It's like too much so for, you know, this came out like 1970. Truck, 1970, which is a good five or six years before. Smoking the Bandit is like the late 70s. Probably oh, yeah. Yeah, convoys around that same time. This is way ahead of the curve. Way ahead uh, of its time, and it's got even like the 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 glom on uh, celebrity name of Sonny Liston, it at, does. Who, who is the farmer, the farmer. Yes, uh, he also proves he's a great he's a great example of why when an athlete does good in a movie, people are like, wow, like. They That's were all like, yeah. yeah, because he's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this, oh. this is, he gives the performance that you would expect of an athlete. Oh, it is one of the worst performances I've ever seen. <laughs> Not only from an athlete, from anyone. It is super, super bad. I mean, and he didn't, he, his role in the movie, let's, let's also backtrack just a little bit. This movie is like an hour and 50 minutes long. It it's is long. It is so long, and it feels like a long haul truck drive. Every bit of it, <laughs> absolutely. Every does. bit of it, and like for like when you get introduced to to Sonny Liston's character, the farmer, um, it's kind of like okay, he's just gonna chaperone you. I, I guess I get it, 
but it was like why like <laughs> the whole time the other guy the blonde dude uh who's our who's, i can't remember his name uh but he was um he was all about like how he's like the best and like he doesn't need anybody's help and like i and then like multiple shirtless loading scenes like pretty great yeah like i believe like the first time they start teaming up together is they immediately take off their shirts and they're just unloading stuff for a good yeah. five minutes or so yeah there's a great <laughs> long, there's like a super like there was some homoeroticism for this movie for sure and i don't know if it was on purpose or not but it was definitely there and it was also kind of odd to see like a five minute long shirtless loading scene followed up by like a really racist one-liner <laughs> Yes, like this movie. Um, speaking of racism, so like this movie is really bad with it. The uh, so there's a Mexican banditos, I guess, that which is fine, it's whatever, but they sound like they're out of a Speedy Gonzalez cartoon, bro. And they are costumed like they're out of a freaking spaghetti western. What the hell? Like, this they're is 1970. Cost- they don't, yeah, you're like. You're like, okay, I get it. Like things like it wasn't cool back in 1970, but people sure. had they did things differently in 1970. But like this, even then, could it be okay? Like <laughs> no. they were constantly talking about drinking tequila and uh, yeah. falling asleep. Like <laughs> oh, the whole the I mean, spoiler alert for the end of the movie. The whole reason why the one bandito dies is because he takes a prolonged nap underneath. He takes the siesta. <laughs> yes, and gets crushed to death because he does so. It's horrible. horrible. So it, it's horrible. it's uh so I'm watching this movie and it's like it's ridiculous. Regina was in a different room <laughs> and uh, I, I think I mentioned on this before, but she her her uh she's of Mexican descent. Uh, she hears a part where someone says like "Ay, bit señor," and she just goes. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> In total disgust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what's what this movie could have? It could have not done that at all. And it was actually the one of the. It was so odd. It was so out of place every time. It was like so forced. Every one of those lines and stuff was just. It was so over the top. And so yeah, a portion of this movie takes place in Mexico and Chihuahua. Like, yeah. but the rest of it is like they're trucking it through the southwest of the United States. And all uh, good old El Paso makes good cameo. Old El Paso. Yeah, kind 1970s of like El Paso. Circling back to the first one, who took us to uh, uh, True the Consequences and Las Cruces, yeah, I believe. Yeah. New Mexico. We get Lordsburg shout out. We get uh, Tucson. El Paso actually makes a cameo. The yeah. Hawkins uh, Airways exit still Airway looks largely exit. the same. <laughs> it was exactly the same. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, wait a minute. I know that place. Yeah, I remember that where that truck stop was. Yeah, super, super uh, kind of interesting movie. You didn't see movies take place in the Southwest like that, really. Uh, and so this movie had a lot of interesting things going on. But yeah, uh, uh, bizarre interludes, long shots of trucking itself, uh, loading, sh- lots of loading stuff. I mean, very in, into the trucker life and uh, the low-key racism throughout. throughout. <laughs> I, the absolute, like, peak of racism in this movie is uh, the uh, the lead trucker and the farmer get pulled over by cops. So you're like, oh, great. I oh, know yeah. where this is going. So um, the, the cops are hassling them. And then uh, this, other, they, this other car stops and it's a white dude. And they kind of, like, let him go. They give him directions or whatever. Then they go back hassle the two the farmer and the other guy some more and drive off and then uh the white guy gives a long speech to the farmer about police brutality and how the man sucks and police <laughs> are like the police are going to always harass you and this and that and then he tells them but you wouldn't understand 
you're not a trucker. Like, yeah, this black man isn't gonna understand. In 1970, <laughs> it's like, dude, you're a white former actor talking to a black man about police brutality. <laughs> well, you wouldn't get it. Here, trucker. <laughs> the most unintentionally funny line in the movie. But uh, we're talking about the authenticity of it. There's a part yeah. where they talk about the run. They're getting paid 75 cents per mile and they're all like right. oh my god that's amazing because i i've worked in the, the texas workforce for uh, quite a while now i've come to learn how the 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 wages for uh over the road driving is when yeah. people hear 37 cents a mile they go nuts really I mean, yeah th- that is a that is huge 37 so back in 1970 75 cents a mile these guys were going like apeshit over it. I can understand why they wow. were. Like, if I heard that today, I would, I would think it was a scam. You'd spit <laughs> your coffee out all over your computer screen. I, I, just, I, would, uh... I would look for a farmer. I take the job myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty wild. <laughs> Call the farmer. I need work. <laughs> I need your help. We're getting seventy-five cents a mile. Obviously. Yeah. There's another part where, and I forgot there's, so there's the farmer and the guy that he's, but then there's actually another trucker who's like, people look up to. Sam. So Sam. I think it's, I think it's Robert, the farmer and Sam are like our main guys, I think. Yes, yeah, Sam. And then there's a part where the guy's first giving the job to uh, the dude who lectures the farmer on police brutality. Right. And he's talking about Sam and he tells him, Sam's the best. He can overhaul an engine at night if it's midnight. <laughs> And it's snowing outside <laughs> in Alaska with his feet. And he just keeps on going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, dude, he's done. What well, we get it, he's good. And the other dude, he's not disputing any of it. So you don't no. have to add on to it. Like, yeah. It's cool. Like, yeah, this guy, he literally, I'm like, before you guys left, you literally, you were literally told, like, he's not paid to like you, man. Like, you don't have to try so hard. <laughs> it's like what are you doing hey shout out we talked about el paso shout out to uh marty robbins who has yeah multiple and then they actually say and that they say coming up next that great country hit from marty robbins el paso oh man see and then he he turns off the radio oh then he turns it off (laughs) (laughs) we're like we can't pay for the rights to this one right now it's a big hit yeah. Like, hey, we got him to two originals we got him to write two originals for this like let's not not push our luck here with marty (laughs) yeah actually so i actually like the soundtrack um for for as for as as long as this movie makes you endure uh trucking um (laughs) the soundtrack is actually pretty cool it's pretty like it's like upbeat like country country swing it's all right i'm down i'm done with it it's definitely more country than truck driving music yeah it was way yeah totally totally. and I, i agree with you like when the music when the movie starts and that music hits I was like, oh, cool. Like, that's not quite what I think of when I hear trucking music. Right. But, like, I, I'm, I think I'm down for what's going to happen next. And yeah. 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 No, totally. So, I have another, like, I guess, well, so what exactly was happening in this movie? <laughs> okay. So, as we were talking about this movie, and you said, oh, and there's a subplot involving a Nazi or something like that. Oh, right. Right. Which, uh, just to throw it in there, there is a Nazi involved in all of this. There so, is. So what I got out of it, and I was paying attention, was a, a spacecraft. I, I guess this, there was a secret testing site or something, and a shuttle crashed in it. And so the Nazi, who for whatever reason has his bandito army, 
like he captures the astronaut and holds him in an underground dungeon. Right. And he's going to, I guess, ransom him to the U.S. government, I think. And then uh, that's, I don't know how the farmer and the other guy got involved, to be honest. So the astronaut guy is also a millionaire? He's a billionaire. Billionaire. uh, Also, the, uh, he's like, he's a, he's like, what's his name? He's Bezos. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's Bezos. He's also like MacGyver, kind of. And he and he also there's also a self destruct mech that's been yes, turned off. Yes. So there's also a time limit on this long <laughs> movie, oh, right? Which, if I'm not mistaken, they're gonna blow up an entire village. Yes, it's gonna it's gonna like incredible damage in this long movie that actually goes very very slowly. <laughs> yeah, and they honestly they completely leave that hanging. You do never you never see the village explode. It's it's, it's not accounted for. No, it's just it's just kind of like the astronaut just mentions it offhand. He's like, yeah. Uh, when they first capture him, they're like, I don't even remember. They're threatening him in some way. He's like, yeah, well, you know, I activated the self destruct, so you have about four days. Yeah, and like, right. that's it. Right. It's yeah. never brought up again. I don't think. You know, well, right before they're leaving at the very end, he goes, "We got about an hour before this place goes sky high." Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then I, I, it just ends with the trucks driving away, right? Uh, yes and no. So there's prolonged sunset trucking (laughs) (laughs) yes that's yeah there is sunset trucking and then there is i believe another scene in el paso where in which the billionaire astronaut (laughs) is is brought back to his billionaire astronaut people and they leave him off in the streets and it's kind of you get this like like hell yeah standing in the streets kind of vibe from our from our hero there at the end there at the end but before you know before we wrap up we because we do love Joe Bob, and I, I do. Have, there was some foo in this that I have not seen too often in movies that I think needs to be um, talked about on this here podcast, which is the demise of the Nazi. Which uh, he's got this kind of cool. I don't know what kind of car it was. It was like a Hornet or something. I don't know. He had yeah. like this cool teal car, but he ru- he finally has run the foul of the farmer and robert i guess is his name. yeah and, <laughs> and, and robert, and robert. <laughs> but um there is some wicked uh forklift foo i mean he just yeah he goes full ham on a forklift all the while the fucking nazis shooting at him and then and and robert's like you know what i i got i got a forklift i'm taking this dude out I'm taking him out forklift style. I'm going to fucking scare the fuck out of him. I'm going to puncture his car multiple times. And then I'm going to literally toss him off a cliff and watch him explode. It was leading crazy. to a double explosion. Like, yes. <laughs> the first one is a good one. It's a funny one. Mm-hmm. And then there's a second, even larger one. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. That was probably the highlight of the movie. Yeah, that was definitely the best part of the movie. Moonfire from 1970. It's on Prime Video right now. See or no see? Moonfire from 1970. Uh, Why is it called Moonfire? Don't know. Um, Don't know. No, don't. You you definitely do not have to see Moonfire unless you just like want to see the most authentic trucking movie of all time. Yeah, Moonfire is a, a pass unless you are absolutely into the trucking life, then there's no way that you can miss this movie. But for most people, you can pass on it. So every week you can find us here. We're a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network where they have all sorts of horror themed podcasts, including including ourselves. 
if you want to drop us a line about David Cronenberg or Sunset Truckin' or even some 1980s animation, uh, drop let us know. Let us know. You can follow us. You can follow us on the Twitter. Uh, Adventures in Mo Mo One. Adventures Mo One on Twitter. I think I remembered it. Uh, on Instagram, it's Adventures in Movies. You can find Nathaniel. We call him Patrick all the time. He's on Instagram at Nathan Portes and uh, Adventures in Nathan. Actually, right? Isn't that what it is? No, is that? Did we change? Yeah, that? yeah. yeah okay. Um, Danny, he's not here because he's selling his art. Uh, you can find him on twitter and instagram default underscore player you can talk to me blake on twitter at four eyed horror if you want to do so next week a very special edition we're gonna rip our shirts off and decapitate the fools watch the northman so please tune in for that you can find us on apple Podcasts. you can go to spotify you can go to amazon music wherever they have the best podcasts in the world that's where you can find us but you can also go to morbidly beautiful wherever you listen to us make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen and that's our cue. We will talk to you next week. Adios! Look, Ira, you don't have to sell me. You know what these guys can do. Well, thanks for the vote of confidence. Well, fill out one of these spec sheets for our files. I'll have Barry go out and take a picture. Oh, I gotta go. How about supper, Sam? Bye.